Welcome back to yet another spiffy episode of Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I am Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevenage, and it's Microsoft's Got Money to Burn. In episode 192 today, September 24th, 2020, we have a number of different developments that have transpired over the past week or so. Gaming news includes Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire Episode 3. Former Blizzard CEO starts a brand new game studio. Sony addresses PS5 pre-order woes. And Marvel Avengers gets a mighty patch. The movie news spotlights Ron Cobb, a film industry vet who passed away, unfortunately, recently. And our topic of the day is Microsoft acquires Bethesda, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in this episode's detailed section of your podcast provider below. Steve, welcome back to Mikasa. Yeah, you know, we're doing this show in the evening. We are doing it. Way in the evening. We are doing it in the... Evening of evenings, but the, uh, I'm here to tell you, Steve, the night is still young. It is. Sort of. <laughs> you know, I, I would... Okay, so you bring up something that is worth mentioning. Though. Oh. If I had a choice between the evening versus the morning, I think I, I prefer the mornings because I just feel a little more spry. I think the early to late afternoon is good for me. Early to late afternoon. Interesting. The thing is, if you do it in the morning, sometimes you get too distracted with what's happening. And then, like, the day goes by and you're like, man, we started this at 11 and all of a sudden it's 4 (laughs) o'clock. We don't go that long. (laughs) Well, no, we don't. Sometimes we've never gone that long. Yeah. 11 to 4? No, because what (laughs) happens is we get distracted and we're like, oh, did you see this clip? Oh, we see We're still... Talking. Let me run this idea <laughs> past you. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Let's talk about it. And then I'm like, man, I feel like I just I I just ate before I got here, and now my stomach's gurgling again. Why? <laughs> oh, it's almost dinner time. You're That's not, why. You're not going to be seeing me parsing <laughs> through five hours of us talking. This is not going to happen. No, well, it's I, not, th- I think I cut it off at like, I think the longest we've ever gone is like, what? Two hours? Probably two and a half. Yeah, two and a half is probably, but that was because we were, what were we doing? Reviewing a big long movie or something? No, well, either a movie, yeah. Either a movie or like E3. But I'm saying this, it's not all recording time. It's all like the in-between time. In-between time? Yeah. Is this like an out-of-body experience, Steve? No, it's like, you know, when we're not recording, we're talking about other stuff associated with the show you're, or we're you're, talking about other movies or games. You're, you're talking about when we're not recording, but we're just hanging out as bros. No, like we're supposed to be recording <laughs> or like we have to stop for some reason or like, you know, a spouse calls or for an error. I'm telling you, what are you talking that about? Happens we on the early, like when we get started on like an early weekend, it happens. We, okay. We have like brief <laughs> interruptions yeah. or something like that, but I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not you're making it sound like Jeez. we like, like are in the middle of recording and then we stop and then we were like, I don't know, going out and playing football for a while and then we're coming back <laughs> in. And then it's like, it's not like a five-hour ordeal. It's sometimes, <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be like five hours all the time, but it doesn't, it's not like, okay, I show up and then we record and then I leave. It's like, it's a, it's, it's an expansive 
event. My personal favorite is when we are able to do it at like 10 or 10 30 uh, in the morning, like nah. right there. Like the voice is fresh. Yeah. The it's voice- had the nice time to relax and recharge itself over the night. And like I said, you know, like, like 10 AM what, you know, we have our morning coffee. We can I sit down and just do it. Wait. We, we have never had our morning coffee saying, on you just the wet show. The bed. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I I'm like, that. where, what are, where is this thing going? <sighs> Steve, at 10 o'clock, I am getting out of bed. I am not ready to hoop and holler it up with you. Uh, wait till you yet. have kids, Steve. Yeah, well, I ain't there yet, uh, Russ. Just wait till you have kids, Steve. You're going to be waking up at like seven. I'm already waking up at four anyway. <laughs> Three. I well, See, we should just record at four. Just get it out of the way. You got your whole day in front of you. Hey, well, what are you doing right now? Hey. I'm changing diapers. I can't sleep anyway. Might as well record. Knock <laughs> it out. Might as well do it. In between the baby powder and <laughs> sleeping pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what have you been up to lately there, eh, Steve? Russ, you remember how I told you? No, I don't. That Amazon Prime doesn't have the video quality Netflix does? Yes. You remember what you said to me? No. You said to me that it was probably like a bad internet connection or like user error. Mm. Well, I'm here to tell you, Russ. You're wrong. Mm. You can look it up and people have rated like Netflix versus uh, Amazon or, I mean, not so much Hulu, but it's mainly like Netflix versus Amazon. Uh-huh. And part of the rating is like the video quality. And Netflix, people have said, are, is superior. You can Google this. Is I'm, the I'm video sure quality is superior on Netflix. The video quality the throughout. Video quality. So throughout. we're not talking about streaming like like waiting streaming for it a to- movie. Mm-hmm. Streaming a show. Uh, does Netflix support 4K streaming? <gasps> I don't know if Amazon Prime supports 4K but streaming. Some, not all of it, but yes, some of it does. Yeah, I would have to take a look at that. And uh, I think that might be worth a possible topic of the day in the future. Yeah. It would be neat to be able to compare Disney Plus versus Amazon Prime versus Netflix. But I mean, I've used Amazon Prime for years now. Like oh, it's have you? It's not like some kind of slouch. It's not junk, but you after watching Netflix for as while for as long as I have, you can I definitely can can, can tell. My sure. wife can tell. Sure. Sure. But here's the thing too, which is kind of disappointing. So I so I, I clicked on Amazon Prime. Aye, 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 aye. And it said start your 30-day free trial. I was like, what better time? Honey, let's watch some Amazon Prime. And I clicked it on. It's a loud clicker. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my flashlight. Um <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was my TV remote. Yeah. I clipped a toenail. So. <laughs> Been working on that one for the whole past week. Okay, like, hey, got it. <laughs> Ingrown no more. Man, so. What's with this green fuzzy stuff? Yeah, all the nails in your cup, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like fungus. <laughs> So, <laughs> want some toe jam with that peanut butter? You might want to change a glass. <laughs> anyway, 
What were we saying? I have Amazon. no idea. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So, I start my free trial. And then I ask my wife, what do you want to watch? She goes, I want to, I want to relax. I want to watch like a nature show. I'm like, that's a good choice. So, I'm find a planet Earth on here. Mm. And it says, hey, pay for it. I'm like, well, no, I'm doing my 30-day free trial. You know, they go, no, pay for it. I'm like, why am I paying for it? I want to sign up and pay monthly so that I don't have to pay additionally. So there are certain programs that are not part of the free trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What it's got me thinking that if I get Amazon Prime, I'm not going to get everything. And as a matter of fact, I've, I've talked to other people. They're like, yeah, you got to pay for stuff. So, yeah, there are different tiers, I believe. <sighs> it's been a while. It's been a minute since I have actually taken a look at this. But- it's been 30 seconds. I do know that, see, like, it's interesting because they have, like, you can either purchase things, you can rent things, or, right. like, through, like, different tiers, then you can just stream on demand or whatever. And uh-huh. I don't have all the details on that uh, readily available, unfortunately. But, yeah, I know what they're talking about. It's 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 a bit different than how Netflix works because Netflix is much more simple in the sense that you pay your monthly fee and everything that's on there is available for you to watch instantly. So yeah, I, I know what you're describing. So that's kind of, I have to look at it further into that. I mean, we just like literally started watching it. Disney Plus, Steve, I'm telling you. Disney Plus is the way to go, Steve. Really nice. I don't know what it is. Especially if you're looking for something like Planet Earth, they've got that in spades on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm sure they do. So that has been the escapade so far with Amazon Prime. But... The <laughs> you said, but bigger thing is that we finished 24. Congratulations, it was nuts. So, don't tell me about it. I haven't it watched the last season yet. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm not gonna say what happens at the end, Russ. I hope you don't, but you said, but again, cheek. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good game. (laughs) About a silver Uh, dollar off of that one. So maybe even a Susan B. Anthony too. Anyway, you want the show to end a certain way. I mean, you, you, meaning me, meaning other people, have watched all these seasons and what Jack Bauer has had to do for his country. Umpty ump time. For justice. And you want him, you, you, you want it to end a certain way, but the show is very, I want to say real, although it's not, I mean, sometimes I say real time. It's like, no, I can't be fit. Like he could just was in the car for five minutes. That just gets out of the driveway. And somehow he got from one end of LA to the other. <laughs> I was going to say like LA. No, <laughs> no, it, it takes a lot longer. <laughs> I don't live there, but I've heard about the traffic. The suspension of disbelief comes into play. Yeah. So anyway, but like, although in coronavirus times, I mean, it's conceivable. We're not, the show wasn't filmed in Russia. But but you are watching it during that time, Steve. That's true. Parallel worlds. Right. The 24-verse. There you go. (laughs) So anyhow, the the, the movie ends. The show ends... Very the cartoon ends. Wait, <laughs> the musical. <laughs> the curtain goes down. The pantomime ends. Very realistically, like you don't expect it to end that way, but when it ends that way, you're like, "Yep, that makes sense. That makes 
total sense. Now I'm telling you, Russ, I feel like watching the whole show all over again. Ah, well, I think that is a show worth watching all over again, Steve. Yeah, it's going to be a little while, though. You know, we, uh, you got you to take a break. Got to take a break. You have um, unlocked your 24 achievements, <sighs> so to speak, man. by getting all the way through it. Right. Good for you. What else, Steve? I think that's about it, Russ. I, uh, I feel like I'm alone on the island of Tsushima. Uh-huh. Because you still haven't beaten the game yet, no. have you? Steve, by the time you beat the game, I'm going to forget like everything that I wanted to talk to you about. Well, I, I was, I've was i been playing Avengers, trying to, I guess, like the game more. <laughs> That's so brutal, dude. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, so I just kind of want to beat it. I'm like, I'm about 75% done. I just want to beat it and be done with it. And Oh, you're not done with it, Steve. There's a whole end game afterwards. No, I'm sure there is. Russ, but That's I when you want to can play co-op. Yeah, I have to wait for you to beat it first. Uh, don't you worry. You're getting there. Oh, you're getting there, all right. Tiger. <laughs> Liger. <laughs> Anyhow. We'll catch up. We'll be there. We'll, we'll be there at some point, Russ. Ah. You know, I just want to beat it. Be done with it. Stop thinking about it. No, I can go back it to. It can't uh, be that bad. I'm gonna go back to playing Ghosts of Tsushima, and I love it. Good as well. You should. It is a very enjoyable game. There you go. Anyway, yes. what up to you, Russ? Well, Steve, I've been playing more Legends of Runeterra, getting used to the Targon. Uh, Region. I've been getting slowly better at it. I still have not mastered, or really, for that matter, understand how to change the uh, time of day into the time of night kind of thing. It just happens by accident. I'm like, oh, it changed. Ah. And uh, so it's, you know, it's cool because there's uh, another element of mystery and discovery to the game. So that's cool. There's another element of what the crap is going on here? (laughs) What just happened? That was amazing. Uh, oh, by the way, I do believe that. Um, oh, what oh, I just uh, I yeah. had it. I lost it. What's uh, the region with the uh, Bilgewater? No, not Bilgewater. It's more Demacia. It's more. It's with all the ninjas. Noxus. No, that's not Noxus. <laughs> What, what, is it? what is it? Ionia. I uh, thank you. Uh, well, I don't know all that stuff. I have a feeling that Ionia would be well partnered with Targon. I think that that there are a lot of complimentary pieces that have an action and reaction based Ooh. on what is going on to each other. So I'll have to build a deck around that and I'll let you know uh, how it pans oh, out. Yeah. I have some things over here that were delivered to me this okay. week from one of our loyal listeners and good friend of the show overall, Mr. PJ. Ah! Uh, he sent this to me. I had no idea he was doing this, but um, I opened it up and it is a comic book <laughs> of Horizon Zero Dawn. I had no idea that they had started up. I don't know if this is a, a miniseries um, or if this is going to be an ongoing thing, but it's by Titan Comics. And I haven't even opened them up yet. I mean, he even included the sleeves with it and everything. And he, he packed it really uh, sturdy and nice to make sure nothing got bent. So if, if you want to scope those out, um, ah. he I, I texted him to to thank him for that. He he's been um, such a, a 
thoughtful person during uh, our tenure on Joygasm, sending us things here and there based off of uh, what we've been talking about. And he replied saying that he's actually planning on sending us a couple of more issues that come after these two. Um, so very nice and generous of him to do so. A big hearty thank you to uh, Mr. PJ for <laughs> big hearty for the hookup. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so are we going to open them and read them? Or well, not right now. Keep them in the plow. We, I, I know not right now. But yeah, no, I, I, I would like to take a look at the art. I'm always a, a big sucker to see like how the art looks. And the covers look awesome. I mean, I, I'm, I'm digging what I'm seeing on here. Um, I have not heard of this particular artist yet, but we shall have to um, make sure we wash our hands before we actually handle it so that way we get all the uh, oil and uh, nasty. Yeah, awesome put on a pair of gloves, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Take a flip through. Eh? <laughs> anyway, very, very cool. Much appreciated. I watched... A show from one of my favorite statue makers, Steve. Prime One Studio. Uh-huh. And they had what they call a um, their next level show that uh, went on YouTube earlier this week. Uh-huh. Very impressive. They, they had a, a big showcase of all the different new statues that they are currently working on. And there are several that I'm very excited to see the uh-huh. final result of. Um. If I had to guess, I mean, I think they showed somewhere in the vicinity of about 20 to 30 Ooh. new statues. Man, house just can't fit them all. No, nope, no. Nope. They range from uh, quarter scale up to third scale. Maybe, I, I, you know, I don't believe there are any half scales that were shown. About a 24th scale. It's between quarter. <laughs> That's pretty small, Steve. Quarter. <laughs> you see this? Yeah. No, I don't actually. <laughs> Um, Get my glasses. But the ones that that stood out to me, so so for those of you who have uh, missed it or have never heard of it, uh, you should do a search on YouTube. Just do a search for Prime One Studio Next Level, and it should pop right up. And they they also showcase certain statues that have already been announced, but they just want to give you a bit more uh, footage of those in case you want to make a purchase. The ones that I was very excited for, Steve. Yeah. First of all is a an original Wonder Woman type statue. It's not based on Gal Gadot. It's more of a, a comic book inspired uh, type of look, but it's yeah. really, really cool. It shows her in the middle of um, combating a Hydra. <laughs> really, really cool. There was a, a Harley Quinn statue. Shows her. It's actually from Batman Arkham City. It's the oh. Arkham City version when um, she's kind of in like like Joker's uh, dilapidated warehouse area. You, you know where Man Cave. Jo- Remember when Joker was like hooked up to all the the IVs and stuff in right. Arkham City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in this really cool, almost Matrix looking. Remember when Neo and Morpheus were sitting in those awesome chairs when they're trying to decide which pill to take? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in that style. And she's she's sitting and she's kind of ha- she has a lot of personality in her face and stuff looks just like uh, what what you saw from the game so very excited about that I can't wait to see more of that they also had a black canary statue which was really surprising because that's a character you don't see too much of from the whole like Batman DC world and one of the Transformer statues that they showed off is one that people have been demanding ever since they first started the Transformers line blackout. And if you call from the very first Transformers film, 
Blackout was the helicopter that was the very first Decepticon that you uh, saw that came and took out that whole airfield. Man. Everybody's been begging Prime One to make Blackout. Blackout is like one of the, the, the most sought after uh, Decepticons from the entire series of Transformer movies. It is now official. It is going to be coming out. Huh. And I will buy that somehow. Man. <laughs> Pretty much your, your, your guaranteed sales are going to be your Transformers. Oh, yeah. I mean, ah, I'd love to see them all. It is. It seriously is amazing what they've been able to accomplish uh, over all these decades with the cartoons and the toy. I mean, like, like you, if you do some research into all of that, it's amazing how much value is retained and a lot of different types of merchandise and whatnot. It's pretty crazy. There were a couple of others. Oh, there is a near automata. I know you haven't played it. I've been playing it myself. Uh, it's by platinum games. They have this amazing diorama that they've been working on. It looks terrific. I'm probably going to pick that up as well. So, and those, those were just my top picks out of, out of all the ones that they had. I mean, they, they had quite a few that they were showing off. So I figured I would give that a mention. So I want to pivot from that to my failure at obtaining an Xbox Series X pre-order, Steve. Okay. I heard this was just as bad as the PlayStation. Pretty much. Uh, it was it was for different reasons though. So, if you recall, Microsoft was very assertive in talking about how they're they're not going to allow any systems to be sold until this specific date at this specific time, that sort of thing. And there weren't any that went on sale before the the specific timestamp and date. However, that caused another problem because. It allowed everybody who um, is tech savvy, who knows how to um, you know, run the software, the basically the bot program that allows them to just like like sniper buy anything they want to. This happens all the time, whether it's trying to get tickets for San Diego Comic Con or you're trying to, to uh, pre-order something like a collectible print. Um, and unfortunately, it happens all the time um, in this situation too. So what ends up happening is is once it starts going live, there are multiple problems. The first one is that where you you can't get through because all of these bots are spamming the retailers and are completely just overtaking the servers. So you know normal folks are having a lot of problems getting through. The second problem is that the retailers did not simultaneously open up their their uh, pre-orders. They, it was literally one at a time. So it was like Amazon would do it. And then Walmart, they would get sold out and then Walmart would open it and they would get sold out and then target. would. Open. I'm like, you are literally having the swarm of gamers like all concentrated from one retailer to the next, as opposed to if you were to have them all drop simultaneously, it would divide that mob and your servers wouldn't get as overwhelmed and you'd probably have more people able to get through and make a purchase. I hear the sites were shutting down too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was, you know, my one of the things that I was complaining about was how it's the year 2020. Like there really shouldn't be any kind of server overwhelming situations, especially when it comes to retail sites, because 
that's what their whole platform is based on. Like you, and and then gaming itself is not exclusive in the sense that this kind of thing only happens when like the next generation console drops. There are all kinds of different uh, products that have their own fan following that are super popular in their own way that, that I don't follow and you don't follow, but that doesn't mean they're not big. And you know, they drop and, and there's tons of people who try and go for that too. So I mean, it's, it's like this constant thing. I think that happens quite a bit and there's a very easy fix for that, which is to have a queue system. We're like, basically if you go in and you click the pre-order button and you're starting to fill out like your shipping information or credit card information, all that kind of stuff, it should literally put you in some kind of virtual line that guarantees your checkout process. It's the whole first come first serve thing. And there are certain places like GameStop kind of sort of had it where they they had like this virtual queue in place, but it, it was kind of a smoke and mirrors kind of situation. It wasn't like a bona fide queue. Um, now, when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con, they have actually gotten better just within the last like year or two where they have instituted this kind of system that allows you to be in line, you stay there, and then once your turn, you can go in and at your leisure, you can fill out all the information instead of haphazardly, frantically trying to get all your stuff in for fear that you will lose your, your opportunity to be able to, to register for the, the conference. So I know this stuff exists, and I think it's, it's a bit of a... I don't know. Like, I, I think it's kind of inexcusable that you have the, these retail giants like Target and Amazon and Walmart and um, Newegg. I mean, all, all the, the ones that this is like their, their meat and potatoes of what they do. And uh, to, for them not to have that, it, it's from an end user experience standpoint, you have tons of people who are upset. Like, to give you an idea, the closest I got was when I was on Best Buy. And I was able to click it. I actually happened to be there and, and I refreshed a couple of times and all of a sudden the pre-order became live. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like right there. <laughs> so I oh click on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how lucky am I? So um, wh- wh- when it came to that though, like, so I was going through the process. I feel I got to fill out all my shipping information. And even through that, I was still struggling. I was like, I was like pressing the button, like <laughs> Where go, I live? Where go, I live? go. <laughs> And, and again, it's because the servers were getting overwhelmed. And so I was like, this is just really bizarre. And I make it through my shipping information. Now I'm onto the credit card information. So I fill up my credit card information. And when I click um, to enter it and, and submit, it, it's locking up. Because again, the servers are just being overwhelmed. You can't get through, can't get through, can't get through. Well, I end up n- never being able to get through. And then like, there's like some little error that appears at the top that says due to high demand, you know, you need to try again in a couple of minutes. I'm like, I don't have a couple of minutes. Like this needs to go through now. And so literally you multiply me times however many people are on Best Buy trying to get an Xbox and they're all <laughs> spamming the crap out of the the, the finalized submit button. <laughs> Two minutes. Yeah, right. Refresh, 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 oh, refresh, refresh. So, that's totally <laughs> what it was. And um, and so, yeah, it, it literally, uh, I watched as all of a sudden it just got uh, yanked out of my shopping cart that was already good to go. And it went to someone else because I, I it could not get the server to respond in kind. And, and to me, it's, it, it's, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth because I'm just like, I know that from a first come first serve basis, I was here. I, I clicked pre-order. I, I was in the process of, of checking out. If we were to, to say, for instance, visualize this at a physical brick and mortar location, it doesn't matter if it's like the grocery store 
or you're at GameStop or whatever, but there's literally like physical goods and you're in line to check out. It's literally like, like well, let's, let's use the grocery store as an example. I have my shopping cart. I have my items in the cart. I'm, I'm like, I literally have my, my items on the conveyor belt and I'm in the process of paying for the goods. And then all of a sudden, like someone comes by and steals all my food and runs off. And then they go, oh, well, well sorry, you can't do anything. Like, it's like, dude, <laughs> I was like in the middle of paying for all this. And like someone just up and took my, my food. So I think that that, that is a, a pretty good idea of how it all went. So it's interesting how Microsoft was very quick to throw shade at Sony for their whole debacle when it came to their pre-order, but Microsoft faced a lot of stuff too that just, it didn't bode well at all. I, I, I was watching um, several inf like social influencers going through the same issues and whatnot. And I think I only really know of maybe like two people who actually scored one and everybody else was left in the cold along with me. So who knows? I mean, it may be that I finish out 2020 with no Xbox Series X, which would be a bummer because, um, you know, I, I, I would like to play Cyberpunk 2077 on a yep. brand spanking new Xbox Series X. Yeah, I think something like that happened with PlayStation 2 back in the day. And I remember I, I couldn't get one on launch and I didn't get one until like around my birthday where I just like happened to go by. I don't even think GameStop was around. Back then, it was something else. Software, et cetera. Software, et cetera. Babbages, or yeah, electronic boutique. Electronic boutique. Electronic boutique was the... That, that, one, that, one that was, was a good like, shop. I, I, that was. was my favorite shop. High class right there. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I worked at Software, et cetera. I yeah. was not high class. <laughs> the, 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 the high class gamer went to electronics. It was so clean and boat. bright and Eek. filled with promise. The air was fresh. The employees were dressed nice. And wearing deodorant. And wearing, and well-shaven. Yes. <laughs> wearing ties, no less. Yeah, Collars, shirts, and ties. You know, it's really funny to think back during those this times. This game comes with a couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, like software, et cetera, like we, we wore collared shirts, but no tie. But if you went to Legend of Boutique, oh, they wore neckties. Yeah. They were fancy. Man. <laughs> like, I'm gonna sell you this game for fifty bucks, and uh, my commission is forty of the fifty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it makes me wonder too, because like you're you're kind of waffling back and forth because you're yeah, not sure if yeah. you're gonna actually move forward with getting an Xbox Series X this year. We am gonna. Uh, so here's the plan. Here's the plan, Russell. Are you ready? I was born ready. Okay, so. What I'm going to do, this is this is a multifaceted plan here, Ross. I've got a couple different branches to it. So what's going to happen is... Um, You're going to break every branch down the ugly tree. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. I'm a part of that tree. Um, yeah, you're part of the same truck there, mister. So uh, I'm going to break that branch. <laughs> this one's not breaking. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh, I got a bunch of sap on me. <coughs> Anyhow, <laughs> what I'm planning, Russ, is when the new iPhone comes out, the prices of all the older ones are going to fall even further. Now, Even further, now, he says. I don't need a brand spanking new. Well, I, I do need a new one. 
But I don't need the latest, greatest, parmalatest phone, Russ. I I take pictures. Why, why, why are we talking about phones? Because I'm getting there. I <laughs> need a newer model phone than what I have. Uh-huh. I don't need the latest one. Now, that being said, now we're going to put that little block of information set it aside for a minute. Can, now, I, can I color the block? Yeah, you can. A little, yes! Uh, put a little doodles on there. Little cute people with big muscles. <laughs> and big hearts. Speedos. Um, <laughs> fireballs. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, with my years of working at Christmas, away from family, at Target. Target will have Target. a $200 gift card. When you go to upgrade your mobile phone. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in. Hopefully they have plenty of inventory. Make sure you wear your face mask. Yes, of course. Oh, yes. I'm going to be uh, wearing a bodysuit. Thank you. I've uh, been enough around retail. I just... Uh, I love I love the face mask rule. The, the face mask rule, by the way, I I, I love it because I'm always worried about smelling everybody else's sneeze and uh, exhales and yawns and stuff. I, I inhale it. And I, ah. There is a weird byproduct <gasps> of wearing a face mask, and that is that I get to smell oh. my own bad. Breath. Yeah, if you go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it just it just stays in. in that's that's when you know the mask works. You're like, oh. Man, yeah, like I got a snooze, I got a snooze, what am I going to do? That actually happened to me one time. <laughs> I couldn't use my hands or anything. I'm like, Ugh. I had to like go to the bathroom and luckily I had a Kleenex with me. Oh my gosh, it was just chaos in the mask. Gross. So anyway, when I upgrade my phone, I'm going to get a $200 gift card. When I get a $200 gift card, I'm just going to wait until I get a system. And that might not be on Black Friday. That might not be for Christmas, Russ, but... The gift card doesn't expire. And so then when I have my gift card, I will buy the system for $200 less. I must admit that is a good plan. That is that is a shrewd plan. Thank you. Very shrewd. I am not in the market for a new phone. I am very happy with my phone. So there will not be any kind of $200 gift certificate in my future. There was a temptation, though. This week, AT&T... He's definitely not for sure. No way, no how. Doesn't even know we exist. Were sponsor. they dressed in fig leaves offering you an apple? They were of sorts, yes. They gave me like a $1 a month deal on a newer phone. And I was like, oh, gotta take advantage. Gotta wait. Oh, what do I do? Eh, your phone still works. You it wait. still works. Exactly. That's just what I concluded. So I kept my phone. I'm going to stick to my guns. Yeah. Very nice, Steve. Well, I hope that I'm able to achieve a purchase or pre-order of the Xbox Series X. I have a feeling that there will be a limited number of them available like the day of launch. You know what's going to be funny? Hmm. About... Cause a titter or two? Yes. A bunch of kids are going to ask for the the system for Christmas. And they're going to say, give me a Series X. And then parents who are... Some are not gamers. They're like, yeah, I got to get my kid one of these. Get <laughs> my kids some sort of X something or other. Yeah, it's an Xbox X something. They it's go, not Xbox Triple X, is yeah. it? What is this? And Xbox One X? Like, yeah, that's the one. And so they're going to come home <laughs> a One X instead of a Series X. They're actually 
is an article that has come out already that talked about when the Xbox Series X went up for pre-order, there was a spike, a noticeable spike in sales for the Xbox One X. Yeah. So, oh, and I saw that because I did go on Amazon to look at the pricing, and the Xbox One X is still like selling for five hundred plus dollars. Yeah. No, there was an entire article that talked about how the the sales, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Microsoft, I see kind of where the method to the madness is with your naming convention. But that little victory is going to be short-lived because the instant that Timmy sees <laughs> what the parents got him... This gift sucks. He's going to say, this is the wrong one. And so you're going to have this mass exodus of systems from the households and going back to the return bin. And so then all that money that you thought you made, it's going to go bye-bye. Uh, well... At least some of it will. I, I'm sure that if there are more Xbox Series Xs, then they'll just re, you know return it and then they'll get the right system and then maybe they won't have any uh, kind of financial loss. But it, it was kind of funny to see that. And I personally, I view it as a great example of why their naming convention needs to change. They need to stop with whatever it is that they're doing. <laughs> Still excited to get one though. When I finally have one, I'll be a very happy man. I just don't know if it will happen in 2020 or not. It might just be that I have to wait until the following year to pick one up. So we'll have to wait and see. And and if that were to happen, Steve, I feel as though it's actually very appropriate considering it's 2020. It'd be kind of the final F you to uh, my my personal situation, seeing as <laughs> I've been waiting for the uh, system for a long time. Right. Finally, one last thing I did want to mention to you, Steve. I was, I don't even know how I came across this, but there was an article that came out that uh, talked about how there was a vintage Aladdin t-shirt. This is from the early 90s that sold for $6,000. I remember. Corbin Smith, who was 27 years old, apparently he sold this, this shirt that was like 28 years old, uh, which is crazy. It's like a year older than he is. Uh, on this place called the Virtual Flea, which is like a live stream for vendors that sell their used goods since most of the actual like, you know, physical locations of flea markets have been closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> Funny how that just affects everything. But um, when it comes to this particular story, um, it, it broke in the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal covered this thing and it said that Smith was hoping to score about $2,000 for the Aladdin shirt uh, that features uh, Robin Williams' genie. And um, he actually had a buyer that bought it for $6,000 instead. And it was by someone who apparently is, is in the market to just kind of massively collect a bunch of like vintage type of T-shirts from different pop culture and that sort of thing. And I think this particular shirt was actually um, given out to the crew who worked on the film. So it is harder to come by. It's not like one that you would see at like the, the 90s Disney store, that sort of thing. So I did think that was uh, worth mentioning because I don't know if you have held on to any of your shirts from the early 90s, Steve. Maybe I have. I don't, you I, never know. I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say because you, you very well could have your entire wardrobe from the <laughs> early 90s, maybe even the late 80s. I think I got us some briefs from the 90s. That's Still disgusting. around. That's gross. Yeah, you got a couple of holes, but they work. <laughs> well, how about we get in some gaming news, huh, Steve? 
Marvel's Avengers new patch fixes over 1,000 player reported issues. This just might cause you to have a little more fun with this game, Steve. As a lick and stick patch there. Marvel's Avengers 1.3 patch addresses over 1,000 player reported issues. Crystal Dynamics has announced the patch notes can be really full on the Marvel's Avengers website where the development team issued a short statement thanking the community for its patience and support throughout the game's first two weeks of launch. The 1,000 plus issues addressed by the patch include everything from progression stoppers to small graphical fixes and addresses problems with the game's combat, user interface, matchmaking, and more. I didn't, however, see when, like, when this is going to drop, if it already has dropped. I'm not exactly sure, so I apologize for the lack of info on that. But I thought, Steve, you would be pleased to hear that. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see how it goes. PS5. Sony apologizes Sony. for pre-order issues, promises more PS5s are on the way. Following the PlayStation's 5... <laughs> Uh, frustrating pre-order process. Sony has apologized <laughs> and has promised that more will be available to pre-order in the next few days and that more will be available through the end of the year. So, Steve, if you want a PS5, there's still hope for you yet. What I'm probably do, Russ, is uh, once I get my PS5, actually, no, once I get my Xbox, I'll probably just take PS4 and my Xbox One. I probably just go to GameStop, trade them in, and uh, use credit to buy a PS5. That's a good plan there, Steve. Not exactly sure. How you going to get back up there? Yeah, Xbox about 20. <laughs> 20 bucks for both. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well take it out in the backyard and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quote here from Sony. It says, let's be honest. PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Of course they will. Retailers will share more details as they get them, and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. End quote. Of course. And that sounds very familiar, like when the PS4 was first launched uh -huh. as well. This, this is, there's some, as the elderly version of Biff Tannen once said, there's something very familiar about all this. No, don't say that too. I <laughs> So this is a big story here. Former Blizzard CEO Mike Morhaime announces new game company. Two years after stepping down as CEO of Blizzard, the game company he co-founded in 1991. That was a good year. I like that game. Mike Morhaime is back with his next venture. It's called Dreamhaven. And it's a combination of publisher and developer with, quote, a common goal to empower creators, help bring their ideas to life, and create original gaming experiences that foster meaningful connections between players and players. I like the name. Oh, I do too. As part of the announcement, Dreamhaven also revealed its first two internal studios. Not just one, Steve. Two uh, first party internal studios. Moonshot Games and Secret Door. Both of which I like. I like those names as well. Moon, yeah, Moonshot is headed by a trio of Blizzard veterans, including former Hearthstone lead Jason Chase, StarCraft II director Dustin Browder, and Hearthstone creative director Ben Thompson. And I have a quote here. It says, though it's very early days, um, when we think about Moonshot, we imagine a studio that celebrates curiosity and courage. 
Um, it goes, um, Chase went on to say, we aspire to be bold in our approach and we think the best way to do that is to create a culture centered around trust. Very interesting. I think maybe some, one of, one of these guys who's making the names for these companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Microsoft. I think you're on something there, dude. I really do. You know, it's interesting that, that he ended that quote using the word trust because 31st Union, where I work at, trust is actually one of our studio values. It's actually kind of cool. Uh-huh. I think they're onto something there, Steve. That's very interesting. Thanks nice for sharing. Uh-huh. Secret Door, meanwhile, is similarly led by a team of former Blizzard developers, including Chris uh, Sigati, who's the executive producer on Hearthstone. Alan Dabiri, who's the technical director on Warcraft 3 and Starcraft 2, and Eric Dodds, who's the designer on World of Warcraft and Starcraft. No projects have been announced for either studio, however. Um, going back to the CEO, Mr. Uh, Morhaime stepped down as CEO of Blizzard in 2018, though he stayed on as a consultant um, until last year in an interview with the Washington Post. He said that one of the goals of the new company was to build an environment focused on creators, something that was likely a challenge under Activision, which became Blizzard's parent company in 2008. I have a final quote here that talks about how um, we've learned a ton about what goes into creating an environment that allows creators to do their best work, and we were very successful doing that for many years at Blizzard. Uh, Morham continued to say, we, re- we reached a crossroads where we reassessed what we want to do with the rest of our lives. This is a quote that resonated with me just because he is um, a bit older. I, I would, if I had to guess, it, he looks as though he's probably in his uh, late forties, early fifties, somewhere around there. And so, I don't know. I think that this particular quote was a bit telling in the sense that he is kind of counting down the years of how much more he's going to be actually in the industry and working and that sort of thing. And so he's taking stock of what truly matters. And I think it's something to be said because he's responsible for one of the most successful gaming studios in the industry. I mean, he's been at Blizzard since the early 90s. I mean, it's amazing what he was able to accomplish with that studio. And, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to see that he didn't just take his money and leave because he could have very easily done so. I think he's very well off <laughs> and he deserves it because of all of the, the amazing successes from the, the quality games that have come out um, under his leadership. But really, really interesting to see what they come up with at these studios. And I think it's interesting how he and his wife are tag teaming the, 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 the new venture that they're going on. And they are also the ones who are funding it. So they're paying everybody's uh, paychecks and everything else. They, they don't have to rely on any kind of uh, outside publisher whatsoever. They're, I mean, they're, they are literally taking ownership of everything. Putting skin in the game and all. Finally, uh, we have the Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire Episode 3 that got released earlier this week. This particular episode focused on two main areas. The first one is the gangs that you're going to come across within the game. I was actually really impressed with the sheer number of gangs that they showed during this particular episode. Were you pretty surprised to see? Like, I, for some reason, I was only thinking like, oh, there's probably going to be like three or four main gangs and that's it. But I mean, from what we saw, it looked like at least eight to ten gangs. I don't know if it was 10. I thought it was about seven. 
Maybe I, I, I started losing count after a while because they just kept showing, you know, gang after gang after gang and you know, providing information and that sort of thing. Was there one that stood out to you more than others? Uh, probably the Valentinos. <laughs> I don't know. Well, expand. Explain. Well, uh, maybe mostly because of my car stereo past. I had a lot of the uh, Valentinos kind of coming in. Okay. And uh, buying stuff from me. So, uh, you know. That's a very odd reason why you would. I think remember. <laughs> so random. <laughs> well, I, I'm very much um, looking forward to interacting and, and seeing what goes down between all these different gangs and factions and or what goes up. Exactly. Or sideways. Oh, and that means something. <laughs> or inward. Ooh. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the second topic they were discussing is the city itself as a character and the sheer amount of exploration that apparently you you and I will be able to go through and enjoy once we are in Night City. What were your thoughts on some of the new footage that they were showing off? Looks great, Russ. You know, I hope they're showing this footage on, like, not some crazy good maxed out PC, but... Something like you know, like that, like an Xbox. I do have a feeling you it know? probably is a maxed out PC. I, yeah, there's something, something about it. I, I don't know. I, I think that they're showing it off on a high end PC. Yeah. Which, if you uh, you know spend the money, you can you too can have yeah. the same kind of experience. That's there. right, right. But hopefully, you know, I mean, with with the Series X, I'm sure it's going to look pretty close to that. It's so funny because I keep telling myself I'm not going to watch any more from Cyberpunk. I'm already sold on and I want to know anymore, but I can't help myself. I, just, I have to watch. Looks good. I wonder if they'll give you like some sort of jetpack. They started talking about all the verticality and stuff. About how, you know, your lower slum areas and you got your skyscrapers. I got to get an old jetpack and like fly all the way up. As far as I can go, you're not gonna get a jetpack all the way down, parachute style. You're gonna have yourself a <laughs> human-sized slingshot. You just slingshot yourself around. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along into movie news. Um. So we have one particular story here that um was uh. Bittersweet in the sense that um, it, it, th- this is a gentleman who has um, been a production designer for a long time in Hollywood, has worked on a lot of films that you and I have really loved and has had a, a positive impact on, on our lives. Ron Cobb, uh, who is a, uh, a well-known designer within the industry, he passed away at age 83. Now, Cobb was most known for his production design work on a numerous of sci-fi and action films. Cobb began his career at age 17 as a Disney animator. Think about that. Uh, 17 years old, you're already working at Disney. And uh, he was an, you know, one of those, those animators that they uh, refer to as the in-betweeners, you know, where they animate the in-between frames from you know, pose one and pose two. Uh, but he started working on Sleeping Beauty. He later transitioned to creating editorial cartoons for the Los Angeles Free Press with his work syndicated and work more than 80 newspapers. 
Cobb's first production design job uh, was John Carpenter's debut film, 1974's Dark Star. While illustrator H.R. Geiger is often referred to as the stylistic mind behind 1979's Alien movie, Cobb's uh, submitted concept art for the interior and exterior of the infamous uh, Nostromo ship uh, that serves as the Ridley Scott film's main setting. Cobb's art helped define the Nostromo sci-fi aesthetic that would itself would go on to influence countless other sci-fi entertainment properties like Alien Isolation. Cobb was also responsible for the idea of the um, alien's blood being corrosive, uh, solving the narrative issue of just having the um, Nostromo crew shoot the alien to death. Cobb's other notable production design credits include the interior of the mothership and stranded tanker from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Omega Sector logo and H-bombs from True Lies, uh, the helmets from Breathing... Um, oh, excuse me, the helmets and breathing tanks from The Abyss, and the ships from The Last Starfighter. Um, Cobb's career... Now, this, you can get more interesting here. Uh, he had a close relationship with Steven Spielberg. Cobb and Spielberg met while Cobb was working as a production designer on Conan, and Spielberg happened to be working down the hall at the Universal lot on the first Indiana Jones film. Cobb would later go on to design the Nazi flying wing, um, the plane that Indiana Jones uh, fist fights a considerably more muscular Nazi soldier under in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. We all remember that particular scene. And... Uh, there's a quote from Spielberg that says, I would suggest, um, oh, excuse me, this, this is a, a quote from uh, Mr. Cobb. I would suggest to Spielberg, angles, ideas, verbalize the act of directing. Let's do this and do that. And we could shoot over his shoulder and then a close-up of the, the shadow, Cobb said in a 1988 Los Angeles Times interview. Now, Spielberg liked Cobb so much that he suggested he direct Night Skies, an adaptation of an infamous story of a Kentucky family who claimed to have interacted with aliens. Stay with me here. The project suffered its own series of production problems, including the threat of a lawsuit from the family the film was based on and budgetary concerns. Night Skies was eventually shelved until Spielberg reformatted the narrative to be about a young boy defending an alien in what eventually became his own film. ABT. Yeah. How about them apples? Cobb himself was featured in a cameo as a doctor in E.T., but reportedly didn't enjoy Spielberg's final product, calling it sentimental and self-indulgent. Oh! Trouble in paradise! Man, which is PR for piece of Anyway, um, he was also the person who designed the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Good man. Mm-hmm. So we definitely collectively thank Mr. Cobbs for his um, contributions to pop culture and to some amazing films. Missed. Got billions of dollars burning a hole in your pocket? It must be the topic of the day!
Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. Phil Spencer was quick to tweet out the big news. Xbox and Bethesda have worked together for years. We have shared similar passions and beliefs. Proud to welcome them to Team Xbox. Excited how we will advance gaming together for players everywhere. Steve. Yeah. Did you anticipate yes i did oh i you know what i call foul no i don't believe you for a moment i knew actually no i didn't know 100 but i had a feeling you didn't even know 50 percent. i would say one percent it existed in my imagination the moment Todd Howard came out on E3 during the xbox presentation it was like hey what's up guys yo we're going to show some games, you know, you guys are our friends. We love Xbox. I'm like, mm, something's happening behind closed doors. I think that's just happenstance. Ah, I think after you saw the news break, then you thought no. back to that time ah, period. Because I, I never, ne- you, you never even <laughs> said a word I'm about that to saying, me. I did you were not. Too. You were sitting right next to the was, couch. You oh were man. not even. You didn't turn to me and go. I think Microsoft's going to buy Bethesda. Russ, <laughs> I didn't say that. No, but I'm like, you know, something's happening. I mean, like, they either paid him some extra money or something's happening because, like, that was one of the only like like major t- publishers to come out and say like, hey, <sighs> on Xbox's stage, like, no one else did that. I'm like, yeah. Mm, there's something else so, behind closed doors. S- Cyberpunk 2077 yes. showed off their stuff. Keanu Reeves came out on the X- Xbox. But they're they're, they're a third party. Yeah. And, and they're their own publisher. They're not buying them, Steve. But CD Projekt Red wasn't bought. CD Pro- the head of CD Projekt Red did not come out. It was Keanu Reeves representing CD Projekt Red. Oh, my goodness. I, don't, I still don't believe that for a moment. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> However, with it going on the way it has, does it make you excited, Steve? You know, it doesn't, and it doesn't. Partially because I don't have really any Bethesda titles in my repertoire. I thought you played Wolfenstein. I downloaded it. Okay, so here's here's what's going on with Wolfenstein. So I downloaded it. It's on my little external hard drive. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to be playing it at some point. Probably want to get the series. <laughs> yeah, right. But I have yet to play it. And right now, um, my Xbox Live membership mm. ran out. So I got to get my membership back. Uh, well, you just pay it. I, I know. Well, I want, I, <laughs> you see, I have, <gasps> I, get oh, the, yeah. I get the X, I get the card. And then I put the card. Gosh, you make everything so difficult. I know. Well, I like doing that. <laughs> Partially because, well, I can get extra gas points at the supermarket oh if I do it that gosh. way and I get my gas at a discount. See, Russ, there's a will. There's a way. Everything's on. Everything's sure. on sale at the right price. We'll go with that. Okay. Anyway, so all that to be said, I haven't played Wolfenstein yet, so. Well, okay, so let's go over some of the details okay. here. Yeah, let's, let's cover them. First of all, Microsoft spent $7.5 billion for Bethesda and Zenimax. That's a chunk of change, Steve. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. In fact, I'm curious. What are you curious? As to what the largest 
acquisition has been in the gaming industry. I I should have looked that up, and I failed. Unfortunately, uh, failed. Yeah, I, I don't have that. I don't. Have the, but but I will say that is no slouch. I think that is a, a hefty sum of money, and I know it's a whole lot more than when they um, acquired some of the other studios in the past couple of years. I believe. Star Wars was bought by Disney for $4 billion, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> Steve, might be a little plus or minus a little bit of that. Yeah, that, it was it was well, $4 billion, but that was the movie industry. I'm I know about, I'm talking movie about the game. I said the gaming I industry, Steve. And making two a reference. Different. That, that reference has nothing to do with gaming, Steve. Game studio, <laughs> movie studio, I get it. It's about like the popularity of the the, the studio itself. Anyway, so what what happened with this particular deal is that it included Arcane Studios, uh-huh. Machine Games, uh-huh. Zenimax Online, uh-huh. Bethesda Game Studios, uh-huh. id Software, uh-huh. Tango Gameworks, uh-huh. Alpha Dog, uh-huh. and Roundhouse. Uh-huh. Three stars. Eight studios. <laughs> uh, Two big studios. Like, oh, apparently, I'm uh, unable to do addition on my fingers. Um, <laughs> yeah, calculator. What's five plus three? Yeah, <laughs> you may think it's eight. You'd be wrong. <laughs> so, uh, we do know that the previously announced deals for timed PS5 exclusivity on Arcane's Deathloop and Tango's Tokyo Ghostwire that we have seen um, this year will be honored. But beyond that, all the rest of the goodies will be Microsoft's. Mm. Now, what's interesting about this, I've, I've kind of divided this up into little chunks. Oh, have you? Um, one of the things is that Elder Scrolls Six might now be an Xbox exclusive. Oh. Still in, in development. There really hasn't been any kind of information right. that's been leaked or anything, yeah. but it is a much anticipated title. Right. I mean, like, it's it's basically the next in line after they made Morrowind way back in the day. Ah, uh, yeah. So that. that is a very big deal in terms of folks who are big fans of RPGs. Uh, sure. Now, what's interesting is that I was looking through the the, cat, uh, the catalog of, of games that uh, Bethesda has, uh-huh. and I made a list here. So that, that Microsoft is going to be getting Starfield, which, if you recall, that's that brand new IP that they started talking about at last year's E3. They didn't have any footage of it. They just basically announced that they were working on this brand new IP. That has me curious and interested because I have a feeling that it's probably going to be some kind of sci-fi RPG. Oh, really? Um, Starfield. But having said that, though, <laughs> some of the games that have come out already, you have The Evil Within, which okay. you play. Yeah, okay. Uh, they have Prey, which I play. Yeah, which you play. Um, they have Dishonored, which I play as well. Do you? I, yeah, Dishonored 2. I, Dishonored 1, I wasn't as much of a fan of. Dishonored 2 was okay. really good. Wolfenstein, which I'm a big fan of. You you haven't started really playing it, but I really like. I not playing it at all. I just played it every now and then at your house. I really liked uh, the, the the Wolfenstein series. Uh, Fallout. Right. Doom. Doom. Those are all now a part of the Xbox um, stable in terms of more of like the um, action side of things with the, with the mm. exception of like, you know, obviously Fallout is an RPG, but it is kind of like more of an action RPG. Sure. Now then. So Todd Howard 
is probably a part of this deal. If I had to, I mean, I don't think they've, they've come out and <laughs> we're buying you. Well, Todd. cause that tends to be the case, right? As you have certain people who are CEOs or they're figureheads of some sort of well-known company or studio, whatever. And part of the, the deal is, okay, we want you to be retained with this because if you walk, then oh, there could be yeah, like a fallout and everything course. else. So my guess is, is he's probably locked in for, I don't know, like five years or something. My guess is he just bought himself a new Porsche. I think he <laughs> could already buy himself a new Porsche before this deal went through. I think he could probably buy himself, I don't know, a small city somewhere. <laughs> but when it comes to um, Microsoft actually moving forward with this particular deal, mm -hmm. You and I have speculated that um, Microsoft was probably in the mood to, to buy someone. I think that when when the WB Interactive thing was, was um, actually a possibility and they had people like Microsoft, well, people, companies, publishers like Microsoft and EA and Activision, Take-Two, they're all trying to, to bid for this particular publisher because they have lots of quality studios under them as well. And then they pulled the rug out from under them. I have a feeling that like, I think Microsoft was like psychologically committed to like spending big bucks to acquire somebody for Xbox. And when that didn't go down, I think they really just kind of pivoted. And cause they, they already, it was, I could totally see it was one of those situations where they got approval for a, a certain budget to be able to make some sort of huge purchase because even getting WB interactive would have been huge. I mean, you'd have like several studios worth of uh, content and IP and whatnot. And I think they said, well, uh, we got to spend this money somehow. And so then I think that they went in and talked to Bethesda and I think they were able to work out a deal. And I was reading about how apparently they had a while back, had some kind of negotiations that fell through. Like, like uh -huh. they, they just couldn't make a, a deal. And so then they just stopped and everything else. And now they picked it back up and it's probably around that time of E3. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is interesting to me, well, before I, before I move forward on that, do you think that if WB interactive were, were to all of a sudden make themselves for sale again. Hmm. And this time they were serious. They weren't going to all of a sudden <laughs> back out of it. They really wanted someone to pick them up. Do you think that Microsoft would try and go for them as well? I do. You want to know why? I would love to know why. Uh, because I think... Hence the pregnant pause. <laughs> Microsoft needs to have some big party pushers under their umbrella. Sony's already got quite a few. Microsoft needs more. What are you talking Bring about? Bring out the big guns, Russ. Bring out some big titles onto the Xbox, like, exclusive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? World premiere. Exactly. Well, no, just exclusive. It's something like that. Whatever. <laughs> Russ, oh, what is it, Steve? Do you think seven ba ba ba, -ba billion was... A little too high of a price. I don't know. I think it is an awful lot of money. I would love to own seven point five billion dollars. That's not what I asked. I know, Steve. I was just thinking about swimming in a huge <laughs> mountain of cash. It would be Splash. very interesting. Splash. <laughs> 
I don't really know. I'm I'm probably the the last person to make a judgment call on that, just simply because I don't understand how all this value translates financially. But when you look at the the number, I mean, they have several studios, all of which have produced AAA titles. Like like having all of those IPs that now are under the Microsoft umbrella, um, I think that does drive the price up. So. That's about all I can really comment yeah. on that. Well, okay then. Now, what I can comment more on is the fact that with this deal going through, Xbox is now the official place for Western-style RPGs. Oh, yeah. You know, if you think about, like, the JRPGs, that's, that tends to be a bit it more on Sony side. tends to be side. on the Sony side, yeah. If, if, if anybody was going to buy Bethesda, yeah, it was going to be Microsoft. It really was. <laughs> I, I do think that the, there's a, a nice match. Right there, Steve. Now, when it comes to that, um, I know that we had already listed out um, several of the action games that that this um, publisher is known for. However, mm-hmm. let's get into some of the RPGs. So, um, Skyrim. <laughs> they have the Elder Scrolls, which we talked about, Fallout and Starfield. They have um, Obsidian Entertainment with, with Avowed, Pillars of Eternity, The Outer Worlds, which we've uh-huh. played. Mm-hmm. Um they have In Exile, which is doing Wasteland, and Playground Games has announced Fable. So you have this huge variety of different Western-style RPGs, all exclusive to Xbox. And I must say, that makes me very happy, Steve. It makes me happy primarily because they're all going to be available on Game Pass. Think about that for a moment. Game Pass is a good deal. Game Pass is an awesome deal. Awesome. I think that um, it, it's amazing to me when I think about how the following franchises are going to now see um, future entries into Game Pass itself. Um, golly, man, if, if you think about it, you know, you have the Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield, Doom, uh-huh. Wolfenstein, Quake, um, and, and that's on top of Halo, Fable, Forza, I mean, like, just Gears. There are so many AAA titles that are coming. Um, you know, you bring up Fable. Let me ask you a quick question. Yes, Steve. Do you think that the delaying of Halo Infinite pushed this deal forward a little faster? No. no you don't think so? No. You sure about that? I'm sure. Right. Very sure. Just because budgets get locked in. Uh, very early on, like when you get when you get pr- permission for a budget, and then the budget is just there. You can spend it, you know. You just don't go over it. <laughs> That's kind of the idea. So, like when Halo was in development, I mean, they knew they were going to be in development for a long time. There was a lot of strategy with the roadmap and scope of the game and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think those two are completely different situations. Mm. But going back to what I was talking about, right? Okay, go. What do you think about all those games that I just listed? You know, they are good games. There's lots of folks who like them, love to play them. They got a following, love the conclusion, like when there's a sequel and uh, all the stuff that comes out with it. The thing is with me is that I just haven't played enough of them. So... Yeah, you don't it's, really it's know like, what you're what you haven't experienced right, yet. Right, like, are you excited? I'm like, sure... Um, I mean, think about it. On Game Pass, The Evil Within and all the sequels that come out with that are going to be on Game Pass. You don't have to spend any money on that. I don't have to come, Prey. Over, your, have to come over to your house. Well, I want you to still come over <laughs> to my house. Uh, you have Prey, you have Dishonored, Wolfenstein, uh-huh. 
Fallout, Doom, like the, those I, in addition to the RPGs that, that we were listing, those are all going to be on Game Pass. That's insane. And what's crazy about that is that even those combined with the RPGs that are coming from Bethesda, that's not counting all of the other studios, the 13 to 15 other first party studios that are under Microsoft Game Studios that are also going to be making content that will be available for Game Pass. Again, all first party games are available on launch date through Game Pass. That is a sweet deal. I mean, it's it's really epic when you stop to think about it. Like, especially considering that you spend what, like, was twenty bucks a uh, is it twenty bucks a year for Game Pass? I think it's more than that, isn't it? Maybe I'm confusing with the cost of something. Maybe else. no, no, it's got to be more than that. I think was it a hundred? No, it was one hundred and twenty dollars. I think per year. Yeah, or was thought, it? Or I was thought, it less than that? I thought it was like fifteen bucks a month. I got, okay, I think what, what was confusing to me was that I signed up, there was this like small window of opportunity where I got a really great deal on the on the Game Pass for several years, so I don't have to actually um, pay the price that it is now. But I'm pretty sure, I think it's, if, I, if I had to guess, I think that it's like $120 a year, which is basically the equivalent of buying two games a year. And you have access to every single game on Game Pass whenever you want to download and play it. I think you're right, Russ. Uh, just your internet's taking forever, so I can't <laughs> Google it right now. That's awesome. Anyway, um, I was, you know, I was surprised, shocked even to see that this acquisition took place. I think it was actually a very shrewd move on Microsoft's side to actually announce this the day before the Xbox Series X went up for pre-order because it put them right on the front page news, drove a lot of hype. So kudos to them on that. I think that was a well-timed event. And I think it was also um, kind of a, a bit of a victory lap just because Sony had acquired Insomniac, which is another terrific studio. And that was kind of like, wow, okay. Uh, I guess I'll have to get a PlayStation in order to play um, you know, Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man, all those types of titles. But now Microsoft has done something in kind like this as well. It does beg the question, though, how many other publishers or game studios will continue to get gobbled up by these two behemoths. That does beg, Roz. That's a question that does beg. Because, like, if you think about it, Microsoft also acquired Double Fine uh, Productions uh-huh. with the awesome Tim Schafer. So I think the amount of independent game studios. I should, you know, we, we should take a, a, a look at that after this recording and see if we can figure out how many independent game studios still exist, because I think they are few and far between these days. I don't think you have a lot of them that are not somehow tied into some sort of publisher relations with like Activision or EA or take two or whatever. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of difficult to, to find those and yeah, it'd be, uh, be interesting for sure. Konami. Okay, so that <laughs> that go. is an interesting point when it comes to more of the Japanese developers because you have Konami and Capcom um, as well as others, but um, I don't really know how that works out, and I don't know if they would ever be open to that because I think that they, they just... They, I think they, they enjoy their independence, honestly. 
And, and I think they have enough money in the bank because they've well, made. So do I, Russ. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Did you have any concluding thoughts about this, Steve? Right, congratulations, Microsoft. Wish you all the best. Looking forward to the games coming out next year. Well, that, was a, that was a nice conclusion there, Steve. Uh, I think we'll go with that. That wraps up this episode of Joy Guys. And make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y, G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least... Search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Have a good one, everybody. 